You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And happy winter, everybody. Except <laughs> for those of you in Hawaii who are just brag, brag, brag all the time about your beautiful warm weather. <laughs> oh, I have too much sunshine in Hawaii. <laughs> I know, past the lotion. For the rest of us, though, we, we are just freezing right now, and if that's you you are tuned to exactly the right place because we are here with your inspiration, your instruction, your ideas, your support on ways to improve your house. Maybe it's your heating system. Uh, maybe it's the indoor decor. Maybe it's the kitchen. Maybe it's the bath. We know you've got a question about your home, and we are here to help you with the answer because this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. And when we say the Money Pit, we mean we mean that in the most positive way possible. So give us a call right now with your question. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. We've got a great show planned for you coming up this hour. This is the month that firefighters are on high alert. Did you know that residential fires peak in January, and they do so for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is this is when we use our heating system. And so, if you've not tuned yours up, we're going to have some tips on how you can do just that in just a bit. Plus, if you are tired of looking at that same indoor decor already into this early part of winter, why not change it up for 2011? You know, it can be as easy as a fresh coat of paint. So we're going to share your 2011 paint color trends and tell you what part your budget is playing in your color choice. And also, ahead, we're going to have tips on how you can cut down on your electrical use with the help of your local utility. Yes, in fact, the utility is going to tell you how to spend less and how to buy less of their product. We're going to have that advice a bit later in the program. Plus, we're giving away a $350 gift certificate from our friends over at Leggett & Platt, and they make some really nice, comfy, cozy bedding. If you'd like to qualify, pick up the phone and call us right now with your home improvement question. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Let's get right to those phones. Leslie, who's first? Dennis in Iowa, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Well, I've got a horse barn that um, I built out of it's a steel building, um, big one, 16-foot tall, side walls, 120-foot by 60-foot. And inside of that area, I built a horse stall, 10 stalls. It's all insulated. Um, but I've got, in the wintertime when it gets really cold, the horses uh, steam up enough to make uh, condensation. It frosts on the inside of the of the of the uh, ceilings and the and the roof and i i need to fix that because it acts like a rainforest when it starts to warming up so yeah uh, and i'm afraid i'm going to ruin my purlins on my roof yeah well you know what the solution is heat <laughs> yeah you know, it's condensation man you got a <clears throat> you got a hot horse breath against the cold rafters it's going to condense and it's and it's going to freeze uh i mean when it gets super cold in there have you thought about having a space heater 
I mean, like one of those gas-fired heaters that hangs from the ceiling like you see in an auto shop? Um, I really don't have the room for it. You don't have the room for uh, it? Yeah. Yeah. For one that hangs from the ceiling or anything like that. I have put one of those Dipco heaters in there. I still have, a, like, a rainforest in there. But would ventilating it work? No, ventilation's not going to help you. I mean, basically, if you had if you warm the surface, if the surface of the ceiling was insulated and warm, you wouldn't get the condensation. And so, and just think about how much more comfortable your beautiful horses will be if you add a little heat to that place. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah they, that's what you need. you need to look at some options for uh, for space heating. Do you have natural gas or propane? Propane. Yeah, I'd look for options for a propane space heater. Find find a design that works for you. Warm that space up a little bit. That'll stop the condensation. Okay. I'll try it. All right, Dennis. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Lynette in California has questions about a tankless water heating system. What can we do for you? Well, I have a... I'm remodeling a bathroom in an old home, and the water heater is on the opposite side. I've always had problems getting uh, the water to heat up. Uh, and so I was wondering if that tank would be... You would solve that problem. No, because your problem is that the water heater is on the other side of the house. And so no matter how you heat the water, it still has to travel a distance mm-hmm. to get to the bath. Now, the other solution here, though, is to add a second water heater nearest the bathroom. And because tankless water heaters are a lot smaller than standard, than traditional water heaters. You put it right in the closet. Exactly. And it won't have to travel far at all. Yep. So if you want to split the domestic water heater uh, piping into two zones... You could have one tankless near the far end of the house where the bedrooms are and the other water heater where it is right now. But I need a closet of some sort. Well, you need some space. I mean, it could be in a closet. It could be in an attic. It could even be outside the house. There's a lot of places you can put a tankless water heater because they're very small. They're like the size of like a medium-sized suitcase. What is oh. the lifespan, Tom, on an exterior-placed tankless I think, unit? I think they'd go probably Similar? 15, 20 years, yeah. Really? They're designed to be, you know, in the weather. That's great. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Lynette. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Dwayne in Wisconsin is dealing with a mold issue at his Money Pit. What can we do for you today? Yes, I'm wondering how I can get rid of mold reoccurring in my house. Where's the mold occurring there, Dwayne? And what are you seeing? Uh, it, it's on the cupboards, you know, on the on the doors of the cupboards. It's in okay. the closets. It's on the window sills. Wow. What uh, what color mold is this? What does it look like? It's kind of like a uh, not a real light green. A real light green, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah, not real light, but it, you can see it's just kind of green, kind of a dusty color. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. Uh, if you got a fair amount of that, Dwayne, I think you really should have an expert look at it because if it's that pervasive, it could build up to a level where it would be unhealthy. And if you okay. didn't remove it properly, you can actually make it worse. Okay. We wash it down, and, and every year it seems like every year it comes back. Comes back, yeah. Well, yeah. what I would suggest you do is contact a professional home inspector. And you can find a good one if you go to the website for the American Society of Home Inspectors at ASHI, A-S-H-I, dot org. Now, you'll get a list there by entering in your zip code, and you can interview these inspectors and find out if they do mold inspections. And if they don't, uh, ask each and every one of them who they would recommend. And I think uh, after you get done talking to two or three guys, you're going you're gonna to get the same name that comes up, and that's going to be the guy you want. 
Okay. All right, but you need a good professional mold inspector uh, to take a look at this and identify what kind of mold it is, and that will dictate how you get rid of it. The removal procedure, exactly. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can be part of the fun. Pick up the phone and give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week with your home repair, home decor, home improvement. Home is falling apart and you don't know what to do about it. <laughs> call. We're here for you all the time at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, don't make fire prevention an afterthought. You know, during the years I spent as a home inspector, I saw fire hazards every single day. And I'm going to tell you how to keep your home and family safe next. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Call us right now to get your home improvement question answered because one caller we talked to on the air today is going to win a $350 Leggett and Platt gift certificate. Leggett and Platt are makers of fine beds and beddings. And if you win, you might choose the Airdream Sofa Sleeper Replacement Mattress. This mattress has traditional coils plus an inflatable air system that results in a mattress that's nearly a foot deep for total comfort and no more sofa bed bar digging into your back. The Airdream comes in several sizes. For more info, visit lpcpg.com. All right. Well, this time of year, preventing fires should be on the pretty much top of your list, but it should always be a major priority around your house. You do not want a fire. They're always bad news. But if you're like most Americans, you kind of think that you're at very little risk of ever experiencing a house fire. In fact, Americans have one of the highest fire death rates in the industrialized world. Now, faulty heating equipment, including your furnaces, your fireplaces, wood stoves, and even portable heaters is the second leading cause of fire deaths. So to prevent a fire in your home, you want to get your heating equipment in tip-top shape by servicing your furnace or your boiler and your water heater every single year. Now, those appliances, they get really dirty from just simply being used, and they really have to be professionally cleaned and serviced annually. Also, if you've got a fireplace, you want to make sure that you keep your chimney clean. Now, buildup of something called creosote, which happens just as a byproduct of burning a fire, can actually fuel a very serious chimney fire. Also, you want to make sure that your fireplace is covered by a sturdy screen to keep those hot embers from jumping out of the fireplace and into your living room. And here's a tip, Leslie, that might seem very obvious, but I can't tell you how many times mm -hmm. I saw this in the 20 years I spent as a professional home inspector. You know the water heater? It happens to have a flat surface on top. Uh -huh. Don't use it for storage. Oh, it's not? I can't put things really up there? Really <laughs> bad, really bad idea, especially those flammable things, you know. But, I mean, not only the water heater, you really should be very careful about storage anywhere near a heating appliance. Keep all of that stuff away from your furnace, away from your water heater, away from a space heater. Don't store things at or near uh, a combustible source like that because you're just asking for trouble. And also be careful to keep things away from light bulbs, especially in closets. Here's another thing. Sometimes when those closets get really stuffed, I've seen people push up things into the bulb and then you look at the boxes and they're burned on top. So another easy way to start a fire. So just be very, very careful with that storage and keep you and your family safe. Gary in Illinois is dealing with an issue with the washing machine. Tell us about what's going on. 
we had a valve get out of a wash machine, and uh, they said that uh, I should put a tub underneath of it. Yeah, an overflow pan. And uh, I was wondering about uh, if you folks had uh, had a different idea of doing uh, this, because I've got a, quite a tight spot. Okay, well, is this on a second floor, Gary? Uh, yes, it's on the yeah. uh, second floor. The uh, first time it uh, went down into my basement. Right. Okay, well... An overflow pan is a fairly standard thing to add when your washing machine's on the second floor. It's for that very reason in case it overflows. Frankly, um, you know, even if it did overflow, most of those pans aren't big enough to really carry the entire flow, but I think it would help a little bit. I mean, the last time I had a washing machine uh, delivered to the second floor, they broke the overflow pan trying to install it. So um, we had to end up replacing that. It, it, the standard ones are plastic. They're not very durable. They have a hole in the back where you attach a pipe, and that has to go somewhere to a drain, or it can go right outside the house. A better way to do this is you could have your HVAC contractor, your heating and cooling contractor, build you a stainless steel or a uh, galvanized steel pan, hook up a drain to that, because that's exactly what they do for our air conditioning systems sometimes. And that could be narrower, a little tighter to the washing machine. The plastic pans tend to be about an inch or two wider than the machine, and, and it, it does impact the spacing. But you absolutely do have to have it, because if you do get an overflow, it's going to ruin things. I understand. Okay, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, it's time to talk roofing with Janie in Tennessee. What can we do for you? Yes, the other day I heard your show, and you said that you had a snow and ice shield. You recommend the snow and ice shield for your uh, shingled roof. Yes. This spring I had a, I didn't know there was such a thing, so this spring I had a metal roof put on. I was wondering if I still need that with a metal roof. No, you're talking about not snow and ice, you're talking about ice and water shield. Yes, and okay, that's correct. Ice and water shield goes under typically asphalt shingles along the roof edge, the first three foot edge of the roof, and it does two things. It stops Ice dams, which can freeze at the edge and build up and, and leak under the, under the shingles. Which happened to me one year. Yes, and also in southern climates, it's put on the entire roof because even if the shingles blow off, it keeps the water out. Hence, its name is ice and water shield. If you have a metal roof, you generally don't have that problem because even if you do get ice, it's going to build up at the edge. It, there's no shingle to lift up and for the water to push under, so I think you're good to go on that. Thank you very much. And by the way, I listen to you every Saturday. Okay, thanks. well, thank you very much. I'm glad you enjoy the show, and thanks again for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Brian in Virginia is building a new home and has an insulation question. How can we help you today? Well, I'm building a Cape Cod home and insulating the upstairs. And of course, in the Cape Cod, um, the upstairs ceiling goes clear to the to the roof, mm-hmm. right? And I'm just wondering about insulating that little that little part there. If I put insulation in there, um, in the summertime, the heat's not going to be able to go from the soffit up to the ridge vent. What you want to do in that case is, uh, what are the ceiling joists that you're using? What uh, depth are they? Uh, two by six. Okay, so all you can ye- all you can use then is a, a four-inch fiberglass bat. You need to leave about two inches from between the fiberglass and the underside of the roof sheathing for that ventilation to occur. Okay. You can't fill the whole bay because it won't ventilate. You are correct. Mm-hmm. So I need to put some kind of a steel thing, you know, um, to hold it hold it away or I guess the... No, no. If you, if you just put it in flush, if you use a vapor barrier and have it flush with the underside of the underside edge of the roof rafter, it will automatically create that space. 
I follow you there. I was I was going to put in R nineteen. Yeah, you you can if you only got if you've only got uh, two by six, you need got, you're going to have to leave some space on the other side of it unless you pad it down. But remember, you've got to leave at least an inch and a half for that air to get above it. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Celeste in Oklahoma is looking for some ways to be energy efficient this winter season. What can we do for you? Uh, I, my question is, I've had two or three answers to this, and I don't know which is correct. All right. Well, we're going to sort it out for you right now. I shut off my uh, floor vents and and shut off the air, that, uh, the warm air that comes into two bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then when I go in there and, and decide I'm going to let it get warm, the air acts like it's just trying to force its way out of that floor vent, and I'm wondering if it's more efficient. I can't believe the air would back up and come into some other room. I just can't. It just seems like the air is just trying to get out of that Well, it is. It, it, it is, Celeste, because it's a pressurized system. And by simply shutting off the, uh, the, the louvers to that vent, you're still going to get some air that gets through there. If you absolutely positively want to sort of hermetically shut that off, there's one of two things you can do. You can check to see if the ducts have a damper in them somewhere, which is sort of like an inline uh, valve which, that closes the airflow. Wouldn't that be by your air handler that's in the house? Typically, yes. Typically. If, if, uh, that's mine right, just have 10 receptacles. Okay. And I haven't seen any sort of anything. Okay. Well, then of the it. second thing you should do is this you should pull the. You said these are floor registers? Yes. Is it a concrete slab floor or is it a wood floor? It's uh, we're on a cement slab okay. with carpet. So, all right. So what you want to do is pull the register out, uh-huh. and then I would take some insulation, some fiberglass insulation, and I would roll it up and gently press it into that duct space to seal off the duct. Okay. And then place the register back in. And this way, if you decide to heat the room in the future, you can pull the insulation out again. Okay. Well, often I I heat it up, but I just wonder which was more efficient. Well, if you're not going to use that room and you don't care to, to let the temperature go down like that, then that's the way you can do it. I will tell you, though, if it gets too cold and too damp in there, you can get some swollen woodwork. You can get mold that grows on the wall. Fabric is going to be a disaster. Yeah, so just keep in mind that there's, there's a downside to completely sealing this off. But simply shutting off the register is not going to do that. You need to add some insulation or some foam padding behind it in order to stop all the air from coming out. Okay. Thanks a lot. You're welcome, Celeste. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Lucy in Pennsylvania is on the line with a cleaning question. What can we help you with? I have a fireplace mantle, and it is a little bit on the dirty gray look, and I don't know what it's made out of, out of but I think it might be a very fine cement uh, mixture of sorts. And I'd like to know if there's anything I could clean it or where I could find out uh, what it's made out of. So you think it's a masonry product? I think it is. Well, then you probably could use OxyClean. OxyClean. That'll do a great yep, job. That will do a very good job. Okay. And, you know, you mix that up, you apply it, let it sit sit a bit, and then uh, rinse it off. Because it's inside, you're going to have to be careful not use too much water. Yeah. But I think that you'll find that that brightens it up quite nicely. Okay. I thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Up next, we're going to have some information on a surprise resource for reducing your electric bill. Guess what? It's from the electric company. Believe it or not, your local utility should be your first stop to cutting your costs. 
We're going to tell you all about that after this. It is brought to you by SnowblowersDirect.com. Thinking about getting a snowblower? Check out SnowblowersDirect.com's interactive buying guides, recommendations, and customer reviews. Snowblower experts are available to help you pick the perfect snowblower. Visit SnowblowersDirect.com. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, if you happen to have missed out on all of those federal tax credits for making your home more energy efficient, fear not, there is still one more place you might want to go to look into saving money, and that's your local utility. You know, many utilities, including your oil, gas, and electricity, offer rebates or even incentives for you to make your home more energy efficient. That's great. Well, that's right. In fact, your local electric utility should be the first place you turn for help in reducing the electric bill. And this might surprise homeowners because when you get that bill, it seems like the electric company is public enemy number <laughs> one. But they do, in fact, want to help you. To tell us why, we welcome Keith Voigt to the program. And he is with the Edison Electric Institute, the National Association of Electric Companies. And its members generate and distribute almost three-quarters of the nation's electricity. So, Keith, my first question to you, sir, is why would the electricity company want to help us buy less of their product? <laughs> Seriously. Well, it's a good question, but uh, there's some very good answers to it. Uh, number one is it helps utilities get more uh, uh, use out of their own power plants and transmission lines. It helps them to defer, importantly, the need to buy more power plants or build more transmission lines. And it also is a, a, a very cheap, fast way for utilities to reduce their environmental impact. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, can you give us some specific ideas? I mean, obviously, uh, when it comes to saving electricity, we all know to to uh, try to uh, chase after the kids that leave the lights on in their room. At least that happens a lot in my, in my house. Um, what kinds of things can people do uh, at home that perhaps they may not think about it and, that are, and in fact, are, are truly wasting a lot of electricity? How can we save uh, a few bucks on those bills? Well, the simplest way is maybe just turn down the thermostat setting a degree or two. You can save up to 3% per degree. For every degree, you lower your thermostat on your heating bills. Also, uh, shut the door and vents in any unused rooms in your home. Uh, you want to keep uh, the hot air from getting into those rooms. Uh, you can save up to 3% on heating costs. Uh, if you have windows facing south or west, be sure to keep the curtains open on sunny days and keep those curtains closed at night. You can save 2 to 12%, we estimate, on heating costs there. Mm-hmm. Now, is there any incentive, of course, other than what you're going to be saving as a consumer from paying for those bills? But are any of the companies themselves, the energy providers, offering some sort of incentive like a rebate or anything to sort of encourage their consumers or the homeowners to take advantage of these savings? Yes, yes. More and more utilities are offering incentives. They could be cash rebates or uh, like no or low interest loans. One great example comes from Xcel Energy. Xcel is a 
electric and gas uh, company that serves uh, homeowners in eight western and midwestern states. In Minnesota, for example, Excel is encouraging their customers to insulate and weather strip their home. Uh, they'll give, uh, give you a rebate of 20% of the total cost of the insulation up to a maximum of $300. Another great example is American Electric Power. Uh, AEP is one of the nation's largest utilities. They serve homes in 11 states. Uh, in Ohio, for instance, AEP is offering an in-home energy assessment and audit uh, where a professional auditor for a very reduced price will install energy-saving products in the home and provide other re recommendations uh, to help uh, homeowners save energy and money. Now, that's a very uh, valuable service, that of a professional home energy auditor, because so many times um, we make decisions on what energy-efficient improvements we should make based on what comes from a salesman. But the auditor really is a bit more impartial than that. It can give you um, some real realistic uh, cost-benefit analysis. Isn't that true? That's true, but it's also important to remember that the audit is just the first part. Uh, many consumers get a professional audit, but they don't follow through on their re recommendations. So we want to encourage them not only to get the audit, but also, more importantly, to follow through on the recommendations. Well, it's like going to the doctor, you know. Right. He, he, he tells you to, to lose weight, but you, know. <laughs> you gotta still do eat it. that yeah. piece of cake. Right, exactly. You still eat the dessert. Good point. <laughs> All right, Keith, uh, it sounds to me like there's a lot of variety of, of the programs that are out there. What's the best way for consumers to uh, find out what's available in their local area? Quickest way is just to get on your utilities website, uh, check it out. You'll find free information, expert advice. You'll also get a heads up on any rebate or other incentive programs that are there. Uh, many utilities also have links to other uh, government uh, and, uh, and other groups where you can find out more about what incentive programs might be available. Terrific. Keith Voigt with the Edison Electric Institute. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks so much, Keith. And still ahead, we're going to tell you how budget is playing into color choice for your paint in 2011 as homeowners look for everything to do double duty. So stick around. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we'd love for you to be part of the fun. So pick up the phone and give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT. We're going to answer your home improvement question. Plus, one caller that we talked to today on the air is going to win a $350 Leggett & Platt gift certificate. Now, Leggett & Platt are the makers of fine beds and really super luxurious bedding. And if you win, you might choose the Airdream Sofa Sleeper Replacement Mattress, which is made of traditional coils plus this inflatable air system that results in nearly a mattress that's about a foot deep so it gives you total comfort and no more sofa bed bar digging into your back which we all know is just the worst and the Airdream comes in several sizes so if you want to check it out check out their website lpcpg.com or call us right now for your chance to win 888-666-3974 well as budget conscious homeowners look for inexpensive ways to update their home paint is the place to start paint is the cheapest way to completely change the look of a room but color is often what stumps people so to help out we've got your 2011 paint color trend report right now First, remember that you can use color to change how big a room looks or even how warm or cool it feels. Now, this year, homeowners looking for a comfortable and serene space are going to be choosing very casual, neutral, and pastel hues to create that warm and inviting space feeling. 
Also ahead, warm whites, tawny tans, and barely there coral and green are going to find increasing use in kitchens, bedrooms, and baths. Mm -hmm. You know, another color palette is going to be sort of that well-worn hue. You know, think of your favorite pair of blue jeans and how they have that nice sort of faded tone to it. And blue is not going to only be popular for your walls, but it's also very popular as a focal point for the ceiling as well. Now, whenever I paint the ceiling, you know, a different color than your traditional ceiling white, I always go really, really super soft unless I'm trying to create something really crazy and I go the same color on the walls and the ceiling... And usually that's when I'm going with red. So just think that's kind of crazy. But choose nice light tones for your ceiling. Now those well-worn hues will include dark denim, even bluish grays. And you know, for an example on how far consumers are looking to stretch their dollars, sparkling or metallic paint sheens are getting really popular as a big bang for little bucks. Now this glossy treatment will provide bling without those extra accessories, especially if you're using them in a hallway or on your ceiling or even just simply on a focal wall and the extra sheen is going to reflect light too so think gold silver and a ton of other shimmery colors that are going to create pizzazz with very little effort if you want some more on the 2011 paint trends head on over to moneypit.com or pick up the phone and call us right now with your decor question at one eight 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 money pit ken in indiana is on the line with a heating question what can we do for you yes i was calling about information on the quartz infrared heaters all right what's your question ken do they really save money and do they heat the square footage that that they say they will well yes and yes you need to use them strategically what i like about some of the uh, quartz heaters is that you can use them if there's say a couple of rooms of your house where you spend a lot of time in the evening on a chilly evening and, and they're you can problems use, to heat and they're problem rooms to heat and you can use that in lieu of delivering a full range of heat to the rest of the house so it is. it does give you, it is a space heater, and it does give you heat in the space in which you use it. The heat tends to be uh, very comfortable because it can deliver heat at lower temperatures, like 200 degrees or less, and that makes it a pretty comfortable, almost moist-feeling heat. Mm-hmm. And the heating unit themselves, the boxes don't get hot. So if you have small kids or pets, you really don't have to be concerned about them accidentally touching it. Um, the boxes are constructed in a way that actually look beautiful and you don't mind having them in the space. But again, you have to be sort of strategic in how you use them. Like in our living room, for example, I'm always freezing and I end up cranking the heat up to 74 degrees, whereas now I just put in the space heater, use it in that room, and I can keep the thermostat at 70 so the rest of the house isn't, you know, boiling while I'm just shivering in this room. With the space heater, I can actually comfortably enjoy that room without overheating the rest of the house and then spending more money. So you sort of have to use those two in conjunction with one another. Hey, I appreciate that. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. All right, Becky in Texas needs some help changing out a bath fixture. What can we do for you? Uh, yes, I wanted to find out. I've got a marble um, jacuzzi and my sinks are marble, and I was trying to find out how to remove the brass. I wanted to update it, but someone told me that you couldn't remove it. I was just wondering about how to do it and if it could be done. I don't see why you couldn't remove the brass faucet. Why, why do you think it's going to be a problem? Oh, not the brass faucet. You know the 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 stuff that's in the marble, like in the bottom of the tub and stuff. Oh, like the the drain and the yeah, the, the, drain the stopper and, fixture. Oh, the rest of the plumbing. Yes. 
Yeah, I don't see why you can't remove those either. They went in, they have to come out. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as you can access every part, like maybe in your tub if you don't have an access panel, but you can definitely change out all of the drain stopper and the fixture itself. I mean, if you're changing from brass, you're going to have to change out everything from the faucet to the stopping fixture in your sink. So it's not like you're going to get one piece instead of another. You're going to do the whole thing. And Becky, it's not an easy project to do, so it's probably something you're going to need a plumber's help with because you're going to find that the the new parts... Um, don't fit as well, and they're going to need to be sealed in place because you want to make sure you do it right so you don't get leaks. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome, Becky. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Who's next? Corey in Iowa needs some help with grout cleaning. What's your project? Um, I, my floor, my indoor floor, when you walk inside from the entryway, is constantly getting dirty and. Anything I ever try to do, I always have to use a lot of effort, and sure. I was wondering how the best way to clean it is with a, like a spray product or anything in that direction. Well, there's two types of, uh, of grout cleaning. There's grout cleaner and grout stripper. You'll find that the grout stripper products are a lot stronger. You can usually buy those uh, in places that sell sort of commercial cleaning products. Mm-hmm. And the key here, Corey, is... is it is going to be a lot of work. I'm not going to kid you. Getting it clean the first time. But then you want to add a silicone sealer to the grout lines, at least two or three coats. And that will slow the buildup of any type of dirt and debris that happens after that. So buy the grout stripper, not the grout cleaner, and then clean it really well and then seal the grout. And that should last you quite a while. What would be like a specific brand? Because I have a lot of traffic and it gets really dirty, and say I gotta like use like a scrub brush right. and go at it like a lot. So I was wondering if there's like a specific brand out there that would because I've seen it where like you spray it on there and 15 seconds later you pretty much just wipe it off with the cloth. Yeah, that's called time lapse photography. <laughs> yeah, there's no miracle products like that. Okay. I'm just telling you, just look for grout stripper, not grout cleaner, and you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are commercial products. I know there's one company called Alden, A-L-D-O-N. There's another one called Leger. It's L-E-G-G-E. You know, head to a, a more of a professional shop than a, like a big box store, and they'll be able to help you out right. with that. All right. Fantastic. Corey, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, we've got tips on how to unstick a stuck door. We'll be back after this. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888 Money Pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And uh, we've been redecorating the Facebook page lately. And mm-hmm. there's one problem, though. What is that? We need your mug on the on the page to complete it. That's right. We're missing you and you <laughs> and you. I'm talking to you. Check it out at moneypit.com. Uh, you can click right through to our Facebook page right there. And also uh, sign up to receive our posts on Facebook as well as on Twitter. Speaking of which, we've got lots of posts that listeners are leaving in the community section at moneypit.com. And we should start with this one from Dave, who's trying to do a good deed for his mom. Mm-hmm. All right. And Dave posted this question. My mom owns a small business in Colorado, and when it gets 
cold outside. She says the front glass door sticks and she has trouble getting it to open. I live in southern Georgia and don't know anything about how to try to solve her problem. Can somebody help? The door is in a small strip center and it's glass if that helps. I wonder if there's like a condensation issue. If it's in a small strip center, I would assume that she's renting and and perhaps there is a handy person associated with that small strip center that could do this. But I will say it's it's not a do-it-yourself project for mom. The reason that the doors stick is because the building will shift a little bit. And the one secret I can give you is this. Wherever it sticks, opposite side of the door is where you need to make the adjustment. So if it's stuck in the upper right, usually in the upper left is where you have a larger gap that has to be pulled back. And the number one reason things stick is because it gets twisted. They sort of get, uh, the one side goes up, one side goes down the other way, and that's how it gets stuck. But these are adjust- adjustments that, uh, you know, not only your mom should not do, you should not do, and really it takes a skilled carpenter. You know, it's one of the hardest things to actually hang a door and have it work properly. So it's really not a do-it-yourself project. All right. Now I've got a post from Scott who writes, I'm thinking of adding some vents into my attic. What do you think of those rotating vents? Uh, look like they do a lot, really don't do very much. If you need to improve attic ventilation, continuous ridge and soffit vents are absolutely hands down the best. They work 24-7, 365. They cart out the heat in the summer and the moisture in the winter, and that's definitely the way to go, Scott. All right, Scott, I hope that helps. I don't know if that's the answer you were looking for, because maybe you've already installed them. Good luck with your venting project. Well, winter storms are unpredictable and can whip up at any moment. Your best defense is preparation. Leslie's got some tips on how to get ready for that white stuff in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. That's right. You know, when winter storms are in the forecast, snow can actually accumulate rather quickly and kind of suddenly. So you want to make sure that you gather all of your snow removal supplies and give them a check once over and make sure that they are in tip-top operating shape. So you want to make sure that your shovel isn't going to give you a backache. You might want to consider getting a shovel with an angular handle that's going to sort of help you take the load off of as you're actually using that that shovel itself. They really do a great job. And since we're a family without a snowblower, that's actually the shovel we use. Now, if you have a snowblower, lucky That makes you, you a snow thrower. By I way. am. I am the snow thrower. It always tends to be <laughs> me right as my husband's racing for the train. One of us is <laughs> trying to quickly shovel the snow. Now, if you are the very lucky people who live on my block and sometimes very nicely snowblow my front yard, you want to make sure that you have your snowblower serviced and make sure that you fill the tank with fresh gasoline. And remember that gas is only meant to really last 30 days unless you add a fuel stabilizer to it, and that's going to extend its lifespan. Also, you want to stock up on supplies of calcium chloride for your de-icing purposes. You can even mix it with some sand. That combo is not going to hurt your concrete like sodium chloride. It definitely will. And you want to make sure that you keep your shovel and a supply of de-icer in maybe your mudroom or your foyer or your screened-in porch, wherever it is that's sort of the buffer to your outdoor zone. This way you're prepared in the event you wake up to a winter wonderland, which a lot of us have been doing since the first of the year. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. Remember, you can do it yourself, but you don't have to do it alone. You live in a Money Pit.